The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. I don't know how people can get their legs that skinny. That's all I'm saying. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and curious works of art and chaos. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we have a whole bucket of tech headlines to go through since we've been away for a couple of weeks here. Yes, we were memorializing. Uh, yes, we will, we will catch up on the tech news there. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Apple had another keynote where they announced some stuff, so we'll talk about that too. But we're going to put most of it in a separate segment. So yes. for those of you who hate Apple with every corn fiber of your being, right. you won't have to listen to you it. You won't have to do it. But you know what? Just listen to the rest. Yeah. Don't shut things yeah, off Yeah, we, we got folks. plenty plenty of new stuff yes. in the top, uh, you know, from and all around. There are shenanigans. Yes. Uh, but first, perhaps those shenanigans. Oh, yes, please. We got to start with, did you see Good Omens? I did. What did you think? Loved it. I mean, one me of my too. favorite books ever. Yes, uh, me too. The Terry Pratchett, Neil yeah. Gaiman novel from, I think, 1990. Absolutely. It came out. They've been trying to make it into a movie or a TV show for years. Finally got around to it. Did you read the whole backstory? I did. About how I was Terry actually going to bring that up. Yeah. Yes. You know, Where his, he wasn't, Neil Gaiman wasn't going to do it. And Terry Pratchett sent a note that was delivered after he passed away. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Real life. Stranger than fiction, baby. Yeah. And so he sat down and wrote yeah. six episodes. Uh, he did indeed. He did indeed. The one quibble, if I might quibble. Yes. Qu- quibble a bit. Okay. Uh, it came across a bit too much like a Doctor Who episode in some points. And it had a lot of Hitchhiker's Guide yeah. to the galaxy. But overall, I really loved it. It was really true to the books. Yes. And the casting was impeccable. Oh, yes. I mean, casting was and perfect. Michael Sheen, having just watched him in The Good Fight playing up, a chewing complete, up the, Yeah, like chewing up the scenery. And not recognize him yes. in this one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, such a versatile actor. Yeah, really brilliant. And I think it, the, the show, some people complained that, well, there were all these extra characters and things. And I was like, did you not read the yeah, book? Exactly. The book was pretty chunky with that stuff. It um, sure was. And, you know, and there, there were some things that had to be made to tailor it to a video visual presentation. Yeah. And he had to trim down some stuff because it was only six episodes. But I think all in all, as adaptations go, this one was very successful. Very. Had I known of David Tennant back when I read the book in the 90s, I would have cast him as Crowley. I could see it. I definitely see it. But just, you know, and it was just kind of fun. And the visual elements, I think the guy who did the soundtrack was also the same guy who does the modern Sherlock for the BBC. So it had that kind of like clanky, janky, you know, sort of steampunky soundtrack. It also had Queen. So, and Queen, yes, which, which played a pivotal role in the book too. Yes, which we we shan't spoil the we book shan't. for you, but we and shan't. the way that they subtly referenced that particular part of the book with the Queen, yes. I thought was brilliant. My favorite part, little like Easter egg thing, was when they get to the U.S. Army base, and he's what book is he reading? This is a bit of a spoiler, so if you want to be, if you want to have a nice chuckle, stop listening, cover your ears now. He's reading American Gods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and there was another, I don't know how much it showed on the screen, but Neil Gaiman had put this on his Instagram feed where in the bookshop that the angel owns, there's piles and piles of books, and he's got piles of favorite authors, and there's a little corner of Terry Pratchett books that they put there very specifically. Oh, and Neil Gaiman notice. put this on his Instagram, and I think it hit everybody in the feels, but it was just like the, the guy is still there. And yes. We talked about this when, when Terry Pratchett died, yes. the the campaign to keep his name alive based on a one line and going postal yep. about as long as a man's name is spoken is not dead. Yep. 
And so people started to embed his name into their email signatures. That's right. They were just constantly putting it out there so the name of Terry Pratchett would always be out. So, I love yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, so Absolutely it was a uh, – if you haven't seen Good Omens, it is an Amazon Prime original, I believe. It's also being uh, shown in – the UK on BBC uh, Two, I think. One it of the is BBCs. on the. It is a BBC production, right? Yeah, it was, it yeah, was a joint thing, vibe. and Amazon yeah. got the the uh, US rights. So I got to tell you, it's one of the few things that I will rewatch on either Amazon Prime or Netflix. Yeah, is that good? Because you know, there's got to be stuff in there that you missed it the first time and, around. And the acting is just brilliant. Best love story on television mm-hmm. or streaming, whatever you call it. Yeah. Really, best best love story. You really feel for these two people. Yeah, it's just amazing. Really yeah, good it, acting. And uh, we, we all need a little distraction and some, some hope in the world. All right. Well, we'll let, let's gently dip a toe into the Apple news just yes. to, for people who want the bullet points and, and then go from there. Because as we know, it's that time of year again. Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference is underway out in California this week. And the company has made a few announcements as they uh, are wont to do with these things, mostly about the software and services side of the business. We were expecting this because, you know, they kind of sort of do their hardware, you mm-hmm. know, when they want to. But we got the usual previews of iOS, macOS, watchOS, tvOS, showed all that stuff off. We'll talk about that later in the show. Many of the native apps uh, on those systems are getting an update. The two geolocator apps, the Find My iPhone and Find My Friends, are getting combined into one app, Find My Friends Phone. I, th- I think they're just calling it Find My. Um, I'm going to start mine. Uh, I'm going to create one app called Leave Me the Hell Alone. <laughs> yes. That's my app. Yes, my app. Stop stalking. Yes. So that's happening. Uh, they're making updates to, you know, maps, messages, books, mail, all of that. And in an effort to catch up with Microsoft and Google in the sort of devices replacement for low-cost PC alternative, mm-hmm. Apple is also beefing up the iPad software. It's now iPad OS and trying what? to uh, add some things to make it be a more versatile Laptop replacement. What? Like multitasking and stuff. iPad um, OS. Wow. Yeah. So so they're going to have some things in there that I guess will be native only to the iPad. I don't I don't Because think... now been iOS was like for your iPod touch, yeah, for your right. iPhone, for your right. iPad. Yes. So yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna go out and get a rush out and get a new iPad. Really? This I'm is not, not sending you right to the Apple store yet? No, no not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Well wait wait are you Maybe. Know? Yeah, but, uh, you know, they, they, they're trying to make you, lure you away from your laptop. And uh, as predicted, the 19-year-old iTunes Media Jukebox program has finally been retired from the Mac, replaced now with three separate apps. Okay, but I'm a little concerned, I must admit. I mean, I guess we can talk about this in this segment, but uh, I still rip CDs. Yeah. I, I hope that they've uh, made an allowance for that. Yeah, now we, we need to talk about this uh, okay. later in the show, but right. uh, the three separate apps are music, TV, and podcasts. So. Oh, really? So it looks like it is on iOS where yeah. you, you you just had like the iTunes store thing to buy things on, which right. always confused people because they thought their music was in there. It's like, no, you have to go to music. To... Correct. Yeah, that, that, that's sort of a learning curve. But even before WWDC, even though they weren't doing a whole lot of hardware except for right. one item I know you're especially excited about, yes, um, yes, yes. they released a new upgraded iPod Touch the week before WWDC. With a high-end capacity of 256 gigabytes, uh, plus augmented reality features, group FaceTime, and a faster processor. So not not quite the the, the mega size of the iPod Classic. Well, that got up to like 360 or something, no, didn't it? No, only 160. Really? Oh, I yeah. I thought they had a bigger one. Okay, no, so 256. No, I, think they, uh, I think they blew right past it. You could do bootleg, but uh, for the actual factory-issued... 160 was the limit. Were those the ones that you bought the day that you knew they were going I away? I did indeed. I did indeed. I bought two of them. All right. So to 256 gigabytes, uh, I think that probably starts you at 399. Uh, I'm intrigued. 
I right. shall say that I'm Faster processor, too. Yes, indeed. So that was some of the Apple things there. People began to sort of look at Apple, you know, as we got closer to WWC, thinking what might they be putting out. And uh, the patently Apple site uh, was looking, because they always like to look, see what patents Apple file for, right. and, you know, trying to see what might be coming down the road. Was looking about how the company plans to embed pinhole cameras behind the phone screen that cr- create a 3D fingerprint map. Whenever you put your finger on the glass, it could just sense it where anywhere. Hmm. And all of this is, is sort of built into this rumor that they're bringing the Touch ID sensor back in not this year's phones, but the 2020 phones. Remember that they were trying to put the fingerprint yeah. sensor on the glass and they couldn't yeah, make it work? they couldn't do it, yeah. And so I don't know if this is based on that and they're actually getting closer, but a lot of people say, well, don't buy this year's iPhones, buy 2020's iPhones because, you know, this year's, you know, sort of like the not exciting upgrade year. Right, 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 right. I think they're getting like three cameras in the back or something, as, as the rumors say, but, but they're saying 2020 and they're going to have 5G connectivity and all that too, so... I ain't upgrading anytime soon. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to sit here uh, and and just wait and watch. But but let's move on from Apple because yes. we're going to talk about their stuff later in the show. Yes, indeed. Another news, BuzzFeed reports that uh, Twitter is peppering its users with increased advertising, including deceptive and scam bait adverts. Imagine really? that. That never happens. Never. Uh, the bird theme microblogging service has been testing an increase in the number of promoted tweets, and users have noticed this. Complaints have popped up about the flood of promoted tweets clickbait-style ads, misleading stories, and at least one malvertising campaign. Nice. Yeah, so Twitter stopped that. Thrilling. Facebook, always good for a new story. Um, <laughs> they're not alone when it comes to abuse of user data, and we're going to talk more about Facebook in a moment, but uh, leading into them, uh, Vice reports that Snapchat employees have used the company's internal SnapLion tool to spy on users, even though some incidents were apparently a few years ago. They still did it. Uh, as Vice describes it, two former employees said multiple Snap employees abused their access to Snapchat user data several years ago. The sources, as well as uh, two former employees, said a cache of internal company emails obtained by Vice's motherboard blog described internal tools that allow Snap employees at the time to access user data, including some location information, their own safe snaps, and personal information as phone numbers and email addresses from users. Wow. So. Wow. That's, we've seen this in TV shows. People go into the God mode and they start, uh, yeah. you know, abusing it. But um, but people expect that kind of thing out of Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, not, not Snapchat. Snapchat. Wow. But, uh, but Facebook itself, getting back to them, announced a self-report last week on how it's enforcing its own community standards for the time period of the fourth quarter of 2018 and the first quarter of 2019. So mm. it's this old Facebook's... Uh, the report card? Yes, the self-signed report card. Um, they estimate that 5% of its daily active user accounts are fake. They said they disabled 1.2 billion accounts in Q4 2018 and 2.19 billion in Q1 2019. Isn't that more fake More fake accounts than they have like yeah, altogether? I, I, probably. Which is worrisome. That, I mean, at least they're catching them at the fact that people are able to generate them uh, with software-driven means yeah. just to flood uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lash these fake accounts to, to putting out uh, fake information. So so they say, oh, look, we took down all these accounts, yet the site would not take down that obviously doctored video of the Speaker of the House because, quote, people should decide for themselves. That was their thing. I think they also saw they were getting a ton of clicks from people looking at it and people were engaged in the site. So, I don't know, we're, we're just going to look the other way on that one. That position did prompt Kara Swisher uh, to rip them a new one in a recent column and dub the company fake book. Um, I'm sure she's called them worse before. Yeah, I'm sure she has. But despite all of this, oh, we took down all these accounts and we're stopping this. You know, if, if people are paying attention to our site with obviously bogus material, maybe we're going to slow walk the takedown there. <sighs> wow. Those scamps. Those Facebook scamps. I know. It's going to turn into a catalog for me, too. Mm-hmm. 
Now, it's been a year since the European Union's privacy-minded general data protection regulation law went into effect, and several U.S. tech companies, including Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Twitter, Apple, LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Dropbox, have come under more scrutiny than what they used to do uh, with people's personal information over there. Now, of the EU, uh, you know, the block there, current 28 countries, uh, probably soon to be 27, the Republic of Ireland has emerged as one of the most probing when it comes to regulatory uh, observations there. Ireland's Data Protection Commission has launched 19 statutory investigations, 11 of which focus on Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. You know that family there. Yes, yes. Uh, Twitter and LinkedIn are also under investigation and a probe into Google over the way it uses personal data uh, to provide targeted advertising was also launched uh, recently. Google has also gotten smacked by French regulators for a lack of transparency and adequate information and lack of a uh, valid consent regarding ad personalization. Wow. Yeah, I think we've uh, t- talked about that. Yes, but, we have. But that's what's going on in Europe. Now, the New York Times reports that the United States Department of Justice is exploring an investigation of Google for possible antitrust violations with its search, ad sales, software, and services businesses all kind of tightly tied together, yeah, you know, so keeping you in that ecosystem net. Is that what they, uh, they used to complain about Microsoft? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so if the Justice Department does go ahead and formally open an investigation, this would be the first major antitrust case against a big tech company during the current White House administration. Google, Facebook, and Amazon have uh, kind of come under some fairly withering bipartisan criticism with calls for more regulation to break up the companies from both sides of the aisle. Uh, And Amazon is also said to be facing scrutiny from the Federal Trade Commission. So some of these government agencies are finally kind of rising up and finally taking a look here. I mean, they've been doing little things on and off, but not so much with the current White House. I think there was more uh, 2015, 2013 in there. So we'll wait and see. We shall. Now, Instagram's IGTV, uh, which tried to make all videos be vertical, now supports clips in the landscape orientation. (laughs) Perhaps this is because people serious about video don't shoot in portrait mode. we don't. Thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah, so now with the uh, E3 gaming convention looming next week, Microsoft is bringing Xbox Game Pass to Windows 10 so that PC gamers can enjoy what Microsoft promises a new curated library with more than 100 titles from various third-party developers, uh, some of these developers, Bethesda, Deep Silver, Devolver Digital, Paradox Interactive, and good old Sega. Sega! I kind of miss that. Yeah, too. me too. Yeah, so, uh, and Microsoft has announced its intention to release more PC games on Steam and other gaming storefronts, so those who still like to game on Windows boxes? I do. Yes, we, and you have do. an Xbox as well, so do you I still do prefer PC to the console? Yeah, I really do, just because I i mean, I did it for decades, playing with the mouse and the keyboard. I actually set up a mouse and a keyboard with the Xbox for most of the first-person really? shooters. Because that's where your muscle memory is that's located? That's where my muscle memory is, and I love first-person shooters. That's my thing. Yeah. That's, so. my, ga- that's my jam. Yeah. So. All right, so are you going to take a look at this I Xbox am. Game Pass? Absolutely, once I buy my new cheese grater. Oh, spoilers! Ooh, yes, we'll get to spoilers. that. Spoilers! Yes, he's going to Williams-Sonoma. Spoilers! <laughs> Spoiler, sweetie. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll get there. Yes, um, we now, when it comes time to pay your AT&T mobile bill, the company would like you to know that you can now pay in cryptocurrency. Really? Should you have some in your pocket. <laughs> I don't. Yes. This can be done with the BitPay site or uh, within the app. BitPay, one of the better-known crypto payment companies, will process the cryptocurrency for AT&T and then uh, give them the payments in regular cash. So, oh, no. you know, they're just doing a little transfer there. Uh, insiders suspect that AT&T's sudden embrace of cryptocurrency has something to do with the fact that millennial users really dig the crypto. They do. Yeah, you know, they're they're all about, you know, everything digital. It's groovy. 
Totally. Google wants to make sure you eat. You're not eating enough. You look so thin. Really? What's wrong? Yes. Jeez, they haven't uh, taken a look at me lately. No, nah, no. Nah. Hello. According to a company blog, you can harness Google Search Maps or the Google Assistant to order food for delivery from services like DoorDash, Postmates, Delivery.com, Slice, and Chow Now, which I think is one of the newer uh, services. Wow. For participating restaurants, just look for the Order Online button and search in Maps uh, when you're trying to look for a type of cuisine or mm-hmm. a particular restaurant you want to go to. You can pick your meal with just a few taps, look at the delivery or pickup times, and check out with the Google Pay payment system. Nice. Or if you don't want to type or tap, you can command the Google Assistant to order dinner uh, for you by saying, hey, Google, order food from, and then, you know, fill in the name of your restaurant. Or, you know, order me some tacos from Paquitos nice. or order me some kebabs from, you know. Kebabs, a little halal. I yeah. I need some halal. So, so you just uh, say what you want, and then because Google knows everything, uh, orders that. You can also quickly reorder your favorite meal from uh, your delivery place by saying, hey, Google, reorder from, fill in the name of the restaurant. Oh, nice. So uh, the assistant pulls up your past orders, and then you can just select your usual dish, and then it shows up. And really? That's not creepy at all? No, not creepy at all. Yeah, Google knows what you eat. Yes. This is, is, is kind of anti-creepy uh, here. Okay. I, I like this one. Yes, uh, Rotten Tomatoes is taking a page from the Amazon playbook and putting a stop to fake user reviews designed to boost or slam a product. Really? We saw a lot of this uh, in the spring uh, with people harshing on movies they had not seen just to drive the ratings down. You mean like uh, Captain Marvel? Yes, like, like, precisely. Now, uh, just as the Uber Mega Everything store started blocking reviews from people with no purchase history of the thing they were reviewing... The revamped Rotten Tomatoes audience score will be compiled from ratings supplied by users the site has confirmed are actual ticket buyers. Ah. Rotten Tomatoes will call these verified ratings. Verified, okay. And tag written reviews from users that they can confirm purchase the tickets, uh, and these reviews will therefore be verified as Mm. having to see it. So so if you've got some bitter troll who just wants to take down a movie because they don't like what happens in it or they didn't like the trailer— they're not going to be verified. You very rarely find bitter trolls on the internet. I know. That's... It's, you know, what are they out to worry about? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you made it funny. Um, but uh, getting back to Amazon uh, here for a minute, because I know we talked about them uh, a moment ago. Bloomberg reports the company is developing a wearable device that can detect human emotions when someone speaks to it. Not creepy at all, huh? Really? This is a real thing? Well, this is Bloomberg going deep in, because the Bloomberg people have this incredible sourcing yeah, where they, they just get people no deep into projects to talk on the record about stuff. They got a good team over there. Yeah, it's very very good with the investigation. But uh, the the Bloomberg uh, story goes on to, re- to describe this as a wrist-worn gadget, uh, sort of a health and wellness product. Um, that's a group collaboration between the hardware team that designed the Fire Phone and the Echo Smart Speaker, which is the software team responsible for uh, your friend Alexa. Mm-hmm. The, uh, this uh, mystery device's microphones are supposed to work with a smartphone app that can read the wearer's emotional state from the sound of his or her voice. Bloomberg notes that the internal resources show the technology could be uh, able to advise the wearer on how to interact more effectively with others. A beta testing program is underway. Amazon uh, declined to comment on all of this. It might have some therapeutic means if well, it is Well, yeah, real. that's actually what I was thinking. I mean, for folks with social pragmatic issues, that yeah. might actually be uh, an interesting uh Weapon of choice. Yes. Um, or, creepy, you know, though. Creepy, creepy, though, yes. Maybe can just help people sort of figure out boundaries or something. Yes, I don't know. Exactly we'll see right. if it, it, it turns out to be real. It could just also be one of those things in the lab that somebody's yeah. talking about and it's not yeah. going to go anywhere. Um, but also on Amazon, uh, Reuters reports uh, that the site is interested in acquiring the prepaid Boost mobile wireless service from Sprint and T-Mobile. You know, that, that newly yeah. married couple. Yeah. 
Uh, Motivation is said to include the ability to use T-Mobile's wireless network for at least six years. I guess that's part of, you know, the lease process or whatever. Everyone involved declined to comment, of course. Of course. But hey, you know, Amazon Boost Mobile. Why not? Here's a music item, which you might find, because as you were a member of the music industry for many years, uh, musicians and songwriters have long complained about not getting their proper royalties in the age of streaming and digitized music. Yep. And reports are showing that bad metadata Mm -hmm. in the song files is one of the reasons the artists are getting stiffed. See? Yeah, now this data, which includes the song title, artist information, and other credits— isn't consistently synchronized across all kinds of industry databases, you know, in the streaming sites. Wow. And as a result, the right people are not identified and therefore not paid. Oh, that's, that's what you think. Stinks. This is a world of databases. Can we not fix this? Yeah. And you'd think a global centralized database for song metadata would solve this problem, but yeah. apparently it's been tried several times but has failed for various reasons, including internecine squabbles within the music industry, you know, the different branches. Wow. Extreme reluctance to share resources and information, international governance and copyright challenges, because those differ from country to country, and other issues, not to mention multiple languages involved. True. So, uh, so yeah, if we could crack that, then then maybe songwriters could actually get get paid some money. Yeah, that would be nice. Because those point zero 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 two cents could uh, you know really add up. Yeah, yeah. I know Roseanne Cash has been very vocal about the the horrible, like, oh, we got four cents or whatever for, you know, a million million streams. streams, Maybe someone needs to uh, tackle that problem. Good idea. And finally, finally. this item may have gotten lost in the other news. We had a holiday weekend back there, but a laptop full of malware sold in an auction for $1.3 million. Granted, this was no everyday virus-laden system that you can see regularly when you visit your less technically inclined relatives. This was a work of art. This was an item called The Persistence of Chaos. It had a title, The Persistence of Chaos, and it's an isolated offline Samsung NC10 infested with six viruses that have caused an estimated $95 billion in damages over the years. As described by the Engadget site, the work was commissioned by the cybersecurity firm Deep Instinct, And the persistence of chaos was created by an artist who said that the piece was a way to give abstract cyber threats physical form. Uh, It contains viruses like WannaCry, which infected uh, 200,000 computers across 150 companies, caused $4 billion in damage just for that one. Uh, Black Energy, uh, which shut down a power grid in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It also has the I Love You virus, My Doom So Big, and Dark Tequila malware on it. So it's air-gapped and sort of offline, and it's just basically this, this random isolated... Like a computer. super group of uh, Yeah, viruses. and then the bidding for the item closed at $1.3 million for this. But it's a work of ours. Like this this laptop, you know, all of the software on here caused $95 billion worth of, of damages to the world. Wow. And, and now it's art. It's called the Persistence of Chaos. Um, some yeah, people may not realize it, that they have their own Persistence of Chaoses on their— uh, Let's hope somebody doesn't plug that into a network somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a reminder for all of us to update our antivirus and malware <laughs> yes. so we don't become art. This has been a not-so-quick look at the news, though. Um, yeah, and up next, going on, though. Yeah, up next we're going to talk about some of the things Apple announced yes. at the Worldwide Developers Keynote on June 3rd.
Now, as we threatened or promised, depending on how you feel about Apple, uh, at the top of the show, uh, we're here to talk about some of the things that happened at the Worldwide Developers Conference 2019. Already 2019? Wow. It just, it just comes around. A lot of the stuff, the rumors we'd talked about already, people saw it coming, but they, they did the keynote, as they always do. And, of course, every tech site out there was reporting on it. Some of the uh, highlights. Should we do some highlights yeah, sure. here? Highlights. To, Let's highlights. Well, we mentioned a little bit earlier that Apple's trying to make the iPad work like a computer. Right. Got us new OS. iPad OS. They are trying to make people feel better about using apps and data collection. So they showed off some new features that restrict how iPhone apps can collect your data. Hmm. iTunes, as we know, dead, gone. The watch is getting its own uh, app store for little watch apps. Interesting. And then the thing that you sort of alluded to earlier on, the new Mac computer, uh, we, I guess we have a Cheese Grater 2. Uh, Cheese Grater 2. Yes. Uh, they, they are bringing back the high-end, super-powerful, mega-moon desktop Mac Pro. Man, because my, my, my Mac Pro was on its last leg or is on its last legs. Yes, and... and and this is the machine. Uh, we'll, we'll start with this desktop thing because I know sure. it has you very excited. It does. But not not the cheapest. This is not going to be no. your iMac. This is your high-end pro, I got a crunch, major video, yeah, audio. Beef. Pure slab of beef. Yes. This is a all-new Mac Pro uh, workstation class Xenon processors. You can get up to 28 cores, a memory system with uh, one and a half terabytes capacity, Eight PCI expansion slots. Just imagine what you, you know, there you go. things you could, uh, it's got Apple's Afterburner, uh, which is an accelerator card that enables playback of three streams of 8K ProRes raw video yep. simultaneously. Yep, that's a fascinating addition. There's a 32-inch uh, Retina 6K display that would go very nice with this. This is, um, uh, the, the, the screen's called the Pro Display XDR uh, to go with this, this fancy Mac Pro. Apple's calling it the most powerful tools Apple has ever put in the hands of pro consumers and will change workflows forever. I can actually see it, yeah. Yeah, they and I, I know they've they've sort of been hit or miss with the Mac Pro. You you were not a fan of that canister one that looked like I wouldn't a vacuum, go near right? It. Heck no, I would not go near it. Yeah, the, the upgradability, not too much zero. there. And this one, uh, the Xenon processors with 28 cores, 64 IPCI express lanes and uh, 300 watts of power along with thermal architecture that allow the processors to run fully unconstrained all the yep, time. Yep. So you're not going to have that, you know, eh, too hot. Yep, 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 yep. They got three giant fans on the back. Yeah. It's got that aluminum housing uh, that does. you like so much. And it looks way more like a cheese grater now yeah, than they, ever they did really, before. Yeah, people, people were tweeting it and just putting up pictures <laughs> yes. of like kitchen cheese graters. Yes. But just the expansion capabilities uh, in this thing, 12 physical uh, RAM slots, which gives you the, the one and a half uh, terabytes of mm -hmm. memory. Video and, and yeah. photo and, and audio stuff are just screaming for this. Yeah, that's, um, what th that's what this machine is for. Yeah, the, the graphics architecture, phenomenal. Uh, the Radeon Pro Vega 2 uh, with 14 teraflops of computing performance and 32 gigabytes of memory. Yep. I think I would get a nosebleed just sitting in front of this thing when it's it was beast. rendering something. Getting back a moment to the uh, stainless steel aluminum housing frame combination, 360-degree access. So you can get in there, and if you need to swap stuff out, if you need to do something, it's got maximum airflow. Like, you can get into this machine and mm -hmm. customize it the way you want it. This is what people loved about the original yes, Cheese Grater, wasn't it? that's exactly right. Yes. So uh, or, or do you think you might? Uh, I'm definitely buying it. I'm yeah, I, I know it. it's. I'm uh, going to have to save up for it. Yeah, it's it's a little pricey. Uh, so I'm hoping my you know 12 year old uh, Mac Pro lasts for another 
few months. Yes. Uh, scratch some money together. Yeah, because if, if we want to talk numbers here, uh, the, the all-new Mac Pro starts at $5,999. Yep. Um, and it's not going to be available to order until the fall. The fancy Pro Display XDR, that starts at uh, about 5000 there. So uh, I ain't getting that. Yeah, so you're fine with your current screen, but but still, this 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 could be a you know your eleven thousand dollar workstation here. Yeah, I'm not going for eleven thousand though. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. There's gonna be a lot of after. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of third party upgrades yeah. on this thing, especially with the RAM. Yeah, but but just for for Mac professionals who have been waiting and right. waiting and waiting, and I think and I think maybe they heard your cries because you have been. I have been crying about you, it for years. Yes, bleeding for the return of the cheese yes. grater forever and return of the cheese grater. Right. And there it is. Hey, OWC, I'm coming at you. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're just going to be hanging out yes, all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, so that was kind of like one of their big hardware things that they did at iPod Touch. You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The week before. before the thing. But um, a lot of it was software. Of course, we always get the Mac OS update. This new version is going to be called Catalina. It's it's right. Mac OS. Sticking uh, with the California vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 10.15. And they showed off all the stuff that they, people were kind of, you know, yeah, iTunes is going away. Yeah, there's, you know, the revamped uh, native apps. Podcast app uses machine learning to monitor the contents of podcasts, uh, which lets you uh, search for uh, content within individual shows. Um, the TV app is getting Apple TV channels in there. Oh, there you go. I just still hope I can rip CDs. That's all I want. Yeah. Just let me rip CDs, Apple, because I got tons of them that I still have yet to rip. If not, there's got to be a third-party option. Yeah, I got a bunch of third-party options, but it was so much more convenient. I finally got away from my—I started weaning myself off my overly complicated ripping thing. I know you had like a 10-step yeah. uh, process. Yep. 12-step, actually. Oh, yes. It's the 12-step program. Yes. Mac has this new thing called Sidecar, which lets uh, users use an iPad or an iPad Pro as a secondary display for their Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think—because there have been third-party solutions yeah, for that before. Absolutely. This is a nice built-in thing. Yep. So, so that that could help uh, some creative uh, professionals there. Absolutely. We mentioned the combination of the Find My, you know, the yes. geolocators, which uh, I, I guess is, you know, useful. It makes sense. And I guess you can also locate offline items because the things that send out a Bluetooth beacon can be picked up by other devices and relayed back to the user. So, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, make, make you be able to find all your stuff. Yeah, they're trying. Um. But uh, the, I guess the public beta of, of Catalina is uh, expected in July, so we'll do all that. You know, we really stomp the bugs out. Now there's going to be macOS implementation of screen time in there. Uh, they've had a parental controls for a while, but the screen time, I guess, will be boosted into the Mac, even though I think kids are more probably more into the mobile on of their course screen time. Yeah, absolutely. But the latest version of uh, this new macOS will be the first not to support 32-bit applications at all. Um, so Mojave, uh, the current one, was the last mm. to support 32-bit. So. I didn't even know it still did. Yeah, I guess you know. Well, you know, they all those people who cried when Rosetta went away and yeah, yeah, they couldn't yeah. run there. So, so a lot of new stuff uh, coming up there. But I think essentially a lot of the macOS stuff is just catching up with iOS, like right. the the carving up of the different types of media into yep. their own apps. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Watch OS 6 is out. Uh, they've added some new fitness and health stuff for the Apple Watch. Ask me if I'm going to buy a watch. Are you going to buy an Apple Watch no. now? No. Not even the new cycle tracking? Mm, <laughs> you know, oh, no, gosh. That's a menstrual cycle thing. Yeah, there no. we go. I thought it was going to be bicycles. No, it's menstrual <laughs> cycles. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, some things, you know, yeah, some people use it, some people don't. It's got a use for somebody out there. It's a little personal, though, you know? Yeah. There's also a, a noise alarm there if you're around... Uh, Repeated long-term exposure to sounds, you know, it tells you, like, hurting your ears. Hey, we're in New York City. 
Yeah, everything is just loud. I think it's like 90 decibel just on principle. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, so, yeah, lots of new apps. They've got, you know, the ML, MLB baseball app. There's new watch bands, you know, sassy for summer. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're not Apple Watch people, so we are definitely not Apple. We Watch would be people. more into this if we were. Yeah, but if you need a menstrual cycle tracker, there's yeah. one in the new uh, <laughs> TVOS 13. Yes. Now, now we have Apple TVs. We like yes, the Apple TV. I like the Apple. Um, it's, it's a critical part of my uh, media center. Yes, uh, they they are very much into. Of course, they always promote it on their latest version, of the Apple TV, which is the 4K one. Right. But uh, with uh, TVOS 13, Apple TV 4K gets this immersive new home screen. They've got multi-user support for customers so they can keep their shows separate. Right. You know, Netflix has had the you know, yeah, yeah, files for a while. Absolutely. Support for the Apple Arcade, which I know you were interested in. Absolutely. Um, you can use uh, different types of game controllers now. So oh, not just a, game control. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Because I only had the one. Yeah. Um, Steel series. Yeah. So uh, you can play full uh, full screen video previews on the home screen uh, nice. too. So Apple Music will be there. You can also use the multi user support there if you want to keep your own music separate. But yeah, the, the game controllers, Xbox and PlayStation game controllers, uh, oh, okay. you might have some of those. Um, <laughs> I've got tons of those. Yeah. Um, for people who really just like to, to sit and gaze out and, you know, be at Zen with the screensavers on there. Yeah. They're expanding the collection of 4K HDR screensavers by uh, filming stuff with the BBC Natural History Unit, which did the Blue Planet documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is TVOS 13. And that's going into beta later in the month, and then I'm sure all the stuff we're going to see yeah. in the fall. when they Yeah, it's in the fall. Squish the bugs out. So iOS 13, we've talked about bits and pieces yes, of this have, before. Yes. They got the dark mode. They have revamped a lot of the built-in apps, reminders, messages. Siri has a new, more natural voice with her own shortcuts. HomePod, uh, you know, the, the sort of little barrel-shaped speaker can yeah. distinguish voices from anyone in the home now, so it can tell you apart. If, oh, you know, that's yelling. not creepy. And there's a new one-handed uh, typing thing called Quick Path with the iOS keyboard. Notes will have a gallery view. The health app will offer ways to monitor health and bring new ways to track and visualize the menstrual. Let's stop talking about periods. <laughs> Why? What is their obsession with the menstrual cycle? They, they got to get the female audience here. Oh, I guess so. Text editing. You can um, make scrolling documents, moving the cursor and selecting text faster oh, if nice. you'd like to compose on the iPhone. Location services will give you more ways to choose how your uh, location information is shared. Oh, nice. So, yeah, and the Reminders app, the revamp of that looks, you know, pretty nice. Because right now, I always find the Reminders app kind of clunky and, you it's, know. It's, yeah, it's, I, I use it all the time. But yeah, it's very, but the interface like, could be nicer. So, so oh they're working God. on that. But, yeah, a, a lot of features that we're not probably going to see till the fall. Um, They did do some stuff with the Photos app. It took people, I think, a while to kind of warm up to the iOS Photos app. And now they're really into it. And now uh, they're making the Photos app even better. It's using machine learning to curate the library to highlight the best images, hide your crappy shots, and, you know, when you took, like, four versions of the same photo, you know, sort of filter those out unless you really want to see them. They're going to organize them intelligently, making them easier to browse, which you're already kind of doing a little bit, but I guess to improve that. And they've added some photo editing tools uh, that make it easier to adjust and review photos with a swipe, you can um, effects can be increased or decreased. A lot of this too, you know, catching up with existing photo apps out there. And uh, most photo editing tools are now available for video editing, so you can apply filters and stuff on your videos in the Photos app. So interesting, but you know what? There's no wow factor here. 
except for the cheese grater. And even then, that's that's an yeah, upgrade I know, that should have you, happened 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You were very – I mean, a lot of this, they're, they're just taking sort of mature products and just trying to buff and polish yeah, them there's and nothing, give them – Yeah, there's no like, oh my gosh. Well, a lot of it's machine learning and AI and just having the software get to know you better – and anticipate your needs and, oh, you don't want to see that ugly photo. Let me hide it. See, but how much do people really think about that stuff? It's like, you know, people want to have something fun and shiny in their hands. I'm not walking around and you and I are both steeped in this stuff. And I'm not walking around saying, gee, if only my machine learning was a little more schnazzy. It I just, think they want to do it happen. subtle. They, they just want you to become completely dependent on the thing doing oh, stuff well, for yeah, you, so you don't have to That's absolutely obvious, but I don't know. It's just it's like yawn. All right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe when, once you once you see it, uh, and apparently the iPhones of 2020 are going to be great. <laughs> but uh, the iPad OS, we we mentioned yes, at mentioned, the top of the show yeah. that this has been cleaved from the. The rest of the iOS heard a uh, new home string coming for the iPad to make it have a new layout, and you have a today view and quick access widgets, and you know, kind of like the desktop, you know, right, you've got these right, little right. things on the side. They've got a split view, which they've had for a while. You can do more with that. You can switch between multiple apps with this technique called slide over. Mm-hmm. So if you're writing an email and you want to view one side by side, you can do that with a swipe. There's an app expose. Remember that on the Mac? Where yeah, I do show remember everything. that. Yeah. Shows you a quick view of all the open windows with just a simple tap, which I actually use that if I've lost a I window. I did too. Yeah, sure. The, so, so they've got expose now. I for, used it a lot. Yes. Uh, they're really amping up the powers of the Apple Pencil, which I know you don't have because you thought it was a stupid $100 piece of plastic. It still is. And the Files app, which I think was one of the ways they started down the road trying to be more like a computer mm-hmm. and less like a tablet. Very rarely do um, they use the Files. So. Yeah, which Apple has sort of made to be like the central place to, to get your documents there. It's got better iCloud Drive support for folder sharing. And you can also support external drives. So if you've got stuff within the Files app, you can do it that way. Column view, quick actions, just basically trying to... They don't catch up with, you know, what, what other tablets. Because really, Windows 10 on the tablet kind of like... We have one right in front of us. It's like having a Windows 10 machine. Yeah. The Surface. I mean, that's what they're going for here. Yeah. And yeah. they're like two years behind at least. Yeah. Um, they're upgrading the Safari browser, as they always do, to uh, make that. It's scaled more for the iPad display, optimizes touch. So apps like Google Docs and stuff uh, will work better in Safari. Better download manager uh, there. I wonder how much of this will work on my ancient iPad Air. Yeah, because, you know, they kind of stop supporting certain chips after a certain... Yeah, they sure uh, do. But uh, they're going to have uh, custom fonts on the iPad OS, the dark mode, which everyone loves dark mode. I do. New floating keyboard. There's a thing called sign-in with Apple, which is a way to uh, sign in to apps and websites using your Apple ID. You kind of like Apple Pay, you know, with your credit card. Mm-hmm. It gives you sort of a more secure login. Maps will feature a new base map. Let's look around with street-level imagery and high-resolution high 3D photography. So so all kinds of stuff happening here, but a lot of stuff. it is, is kind of incremental. We're not seeing huge mountain leaps. Yeah, um, there's nothing. I mean, and the only, the most fascinating thing for me is the Mac Pro. I mean, granted, I'm going to have to sell a kidney on the black market for it, but, you know. But uh, that's what I need. Yeah, no, it is, and you you waited a long time. I have indeed. They heard your cries in the wilderness. Maybe I could do a trade in. Yeah, a couple of tablets too. I'll throw in some tablets. Yeah, certainly you got some around. Android tablets lying around. I sure do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe you know, edit some podcasts <laughs> for some people. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's get right. A little scratch a little, that way. A little bartering system. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, well, well, you, well, now you have a saving goal here. I do. I do. Smarty Pig mm-hmm. coming at you. Yeah, you know, you just put a little money aside there every week, go. and soon this shiny cheese grater will be yours. <laughs> I love it. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> but uh, this has been a sort of... Fast ramble through. A, there was a lot of announcements. Hey, it just happened out. like an hour ago. Yeah. So hey, so yeah, slack, so people. so we're we're still catching up ourselves. Uh, yeah. But if you want to read about some of these things we highlighted in detail, I will have links to all of the Apple announcements and the keynote on the show page. You can find them there if you are intrigued enough by yes. Apple to actually care and want to know more about it. For those of you who hate Apple, not to worry. Go watch Good Omens. There you but, go. But um, and that should probably wrap us up for now. You know, should, we, we start should pay- with good omens. We should go out yeah, with good omens. We should go out with good omens. We need to thank the bros. Yes, thank you, bros. Buildbybros.com. Build something with the bros. If you think it, they will build it. And thank you, listeners. Thank I know you. we've uh, been a little hit or miss lately, but uh, when when we're here, uh, we try to catch up on everything we missed. So um, yeah, this is a chunky episode. So yay. this yes. is a twofer. You got a twofer this week. Yeah. So so when you finish watching good omens. And need to listen to something to kind of calm down, you know, listen to us. Listen to us. And until next time, when we're back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. You want to buy my phone? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. It's a seven. (laughs) 